bake and sell. That's screwy bolly hooey bake and sell. Where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic with just a good looking pan. Where any barmaid can be a star maid if she dances with or without a fan. Do you even know what that is? Yeah, but I, I don't know if they're actually lyrics to that song or why Joel looked them up. Those are the actual lyrics. Oh. This, it's the Academy Award kind of theme, Hooray for Hollywood. And these these lyrics are weird. Like, just compared to the ones I just I did, thought you were making them up, and I was no. like, wait, wait. There's going to be a joke in here somewhere. No, the only thing I changed was bacon sale. <laughs> and just listen, <laughs> That's really all we do anyway. I just want to read this one for you. There's another verse here. <laughs> Hooray for Hollywood, that phony super coney Hollywood. They come from chili coat and Padahukas with their bazookas to get their names up in lights. All armed with photos from local rotos with their hair and ribbons and legs and tights. Don't do drugs. Hooray for Hollywood. You may be homely in your neighborhood. No way. Yeah, homely you in your neighborhood? Or not. But if you good think lyrics. you can actor, see Mr. Factor, he'd make a monkey look good. It's, yeah. What? Welcome to Big Sal. I'm Joel. <laughs> I'm Ken. And Jacob. <laughs> Hooray for Hollywood now. I Hooray. Am, I think that was like a ritual that you just did, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So that's yeah, the little We'll see what comes to life. This is like an Evil Dead moment, I think. Yeah. And, Homely yeah. in your neighborhood. So, uh, first of all, we'd like to thank you all for all the uh, feedback we got on our last Academy Award show. We got so much overwhelming feedback, we decided to do another Academy Award-themed show. Right. I actually didn't think it was a very good show, but people told me after that it was. There you go. Which I'm okay with. You don't think any show we do is good. It's true. Nothing's good enough for you, Kent. I have such an insecurity complex with this show. Then I'm like, that was a really awful show. And then people are like, no, the millennial show was awesome. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) That was last year's shout out. We are are our own worst critics. Yes. Um, But uh, Like Kanye. Yes. (laughs) Right. But today we have another kind of Academy Award themed show. But first of all, I would like to do a quick order of business, if I may. You may. At the end of last show, I uh, brought up the Quick Wits uh, Kickstarter project they're doing. But then I realized most people turn off our show midway through, so they don't hear that. <laughs> so I wanted to start it off. Which is a real bummer because I don't know if anyone knows this, but I put, together, I put we... together a final track at the end of every show. It's awesome. With but, 8-bit music. But and... only Joel hears it. I don't know, Jake, if you even get to the end of the show. final track? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I enjoyed it every uh... time. But uh, really, I just wanted—I just briefly wanted to plug uh, the Quick Wits Kickstarter. Uh, it's a it's a game, a card game similar to Apples to Apples or uh, Cards Against Humanity, where you pull a card from the deck and it says like you know things you'd hate to hear the doctor say, and then everyone that's playing pulls out their phones and it looks. You're for pregnant. <laughs> if you had a text message that said you're pregnant, you could use it. So you scroll through your text messages and look for a funny answer. Then whoever has the funniest answer gets that point in that card. But but generally the answer would be I'll pick up the kids at three. Something like that. Yes. It's going to be something... Well, and that's the thing is, the fun part about this game is it's different every time you play, depending on who you're playing with and what they're texting about. And also, this is a great conversation starter, because then you'll hear a text that says something like, I will stab you through the throat. And then you're like, what are you texting people that for? It's like, oh, she's texting Jacob. Oh, okay. So... (laughs) Totally normal. No, it's it's actually like the most logical game you could ever play, because, you know, you always lose pieces to games, right? right? You always lose the cards. You have your phone with you. All the time. And people are looking at their phones anyway during board games, oh. so why not use it as part of the game? Yeah. They also have like a picture one where you can look for a new meme or a music one where you can play a song you have on your phone. So it does have a variety. You can find more details at qwcomedy.com, at quickwits.com, or at quickwits Facebook page, but I just wanted to put in a little plug here at the beginning. No, go donate. Honestly, I'm going to. It's uh, I think it's uh, five days into the campaign so far, and they've reached half of their goal, so yeah, let's yeah, make over this happen. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 130 backers with over five grand. 19 days to go, so. So by the time, okay. Well, by the time you hear this, it will be less than that. So 
Go support Quick Wits. They're awesome. No, you really should. And, and it's Kickstarter, so we really need to reach the goal. Otherwise, you can't get this thing funded. So and delete exactly. your awkward text messages before you start playing. Yes, or just yeah. don't read them. Although they do have a card that makes you switch phones with another person yeah. so that they're looking through your texts. It's a lot of fun. Then they can see your awkward, yeah. sexy text. I should also clarify, I, I don't have <laughs> can, a hand in this. Can I see your phone, Jake? <laughs> sure. This isn't my project. This is some friends from QuickWits. They're all just messages to you, to do with it, But I, I like to support them. Yeah, friends of the show. Exactly. Go donate there. And uh, I guess we should get the show started because we have yeah. a lot to cover. We do. We do, Jacob. Do we what are we talking about today? Hey, we're going to talk about, oh gosh, this is kind of, this is such a long time coming. This, is, <laughs> this, this show has been in the work for months. It, longer. No. A year. A year a, and a half. Did yeah. we start this before the before the podcast? Oh, well before. We yeah. started this thing in October of 2014. You're yeah. kidding. Yeah. Now this, this started ages ago. So okay. uh, there was a competition that, that started between the three of us. Sort of. It's... It, well, and I, I don't want to make the story longer than it needs to needs to be. But <laughs> essentially, Jake here has seen so many Best Picture winners. He likes to watch older movies. I don't. And Joel is right in the middle. Yeah. And so yeah. they started talking about, hey, take this quiz. See how many Best Picture movies you've seen. Jake, you were somewhere at the high 50s. Well, it was a weird thing because I, I'm the least interested honestly like as far as like conversations go like i'm not as dedicated as Joel conversations with or people <laughs> with uh, about movies right and yet i do like old movies so i had actually seen more best picture winners than both of you guys which really surprised me and they're like come on kent you're the movie critic you know and, well, and so then a competition yeah. started well and that's because I, I also want to clarify that i had actually started kind of a quest to watch all the best picture winners but i had it like every, every five movies in my netflix queue so it was taking a really long time i was at my leisure and then this competition hit where I was like, okay, who can watch all the Best Picture winners before the other person? And all of a sudden, I was at my local library with like a stack of 10 movies, which was yep. the max <laughs> it would let me check out, and trying to figure out how I could watch 10 movies we were in all seven there. days. We were all there. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it be, honestly became an underhanded game for me because I knew you'd watched in the 50s. Joel, you watched in the 40s. I was maybe 30. Yeah. 30 out of 87 Best Picture winners. And I'm like... I've got to catch up, and I'm not going to tell these guys I'm going to do it. Yeah. So then we all started clandestinely watching these movies and not telling each other that we were doing it, but yeah. giving little hints. Yes. It yeah, it would be other. like, what did you do last night? You know, stuff. You know, I flew over the cuckoo's nest. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. That so, sort of thing. Of course, it was really hard not to talk about the movies with each other, though. So oh, we, it, we it could crazy. resist it. Yeah. yeah. We haven't. We haven't talked very much about them with each other, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's true. Anyway. What happened, if I may talk about the ending here, what happened is... Yeah, let's get to that. I got to a point where I couldn't watch anymore. I was, I didn't, couldn't I, and wouldn't? Yeah, couldn't and wouldn't. There was yeah. a couple that I really wasn't looking forward to. I mean, there were some that I just wasn't, didn't want to see. And then others that I just couldn't find on Clearplay or couldn't find at all. Right. And so... I'm actually still uh, three short, three movies short. There's 87 Best Picture winners, and I'm three movies short from that because uh, I can't find Platoon or Midnight Cowboy. I don't really want to see Midnight Cowboy, but I can't find them on Clearplay. And uh, I can't find Tom Jones anywhere. Weird. So I kind of reached this point of, like, I'm about as far as I can go. Meanwhile, Kent and Jacob, we're <laughs> racing for the finish we line. Go, we go to lunch one day, and I'm like, guys, I got to tell you this. I just got to tell you, I'm just way too excited. I only have two more movies left. In fact, I may have had one more movie. It may have just been Titanic because it was my personal goal from the age of 17 yeah. to never watch Titanic. You wanted to be the last person to watch Titanic. But it was a Best Picture winner, so I had to, so I made it my last one. And I'm like, Joel, Jake, I'm about to win. And I just want to let you know now because, Jake, I know you're about 12 movies behind me. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm sorry to say I'm going to win, but here we go. Anyways, 
That night, <laughs> Jake secretly... I, this competitive thing in me came out, and I just could not resist. So you watched I, six in one night, was it? I watched six the night before. Okay, yeah, six. six I, was, picture winners. I, I was six behind. And, and keep in mind, for everyone listening, these are about three hours long. <laughs> they feel like no, it. I literally slept like 45 minutes that night because I stayed up watching. <laughs> and, I, and I'll admit, we've talked about this, but I was watching Hamlet at 1.5 speed, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> because... That's the only way to watch Hamlet. <laughs> You Unless know, you're watching Strange Brew or, or Lion King. Yeah, right. I mean, it was there was serious temptation to watch two at once, you know? I oh, was like in different platforms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, laptop and TV, go. No, don't. Oh, I can't do that. I so gotta watch the movie. But then, oh, Kent couldn't watch that night. I, no, I was, didn't finish Titanic because I decided yeah, to sleep. Right. And so I, yeah. right when they got to the boat crashing... What? Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> In the throat. No, I had about an hour and 20 minutes left. And I'm like, I'll stop there because I still have a very healthy lead. And I have things to do. Mm-hmm. And so I come to work the next day. I'm like, hey, Jake, how's it going? He's like, I'm good. Don't talk to me. And I was like, what is up That's with That's normal you? interaction for Jake, though. Right? No, he was so distracted, and he was hiding in an office, and I had no idea what was going on. And I talked to a coworker, and I'm like, is Jake okay? And she's like, he's fine. And I'm like, is he almost, is he caught up? Did he win? <laughs> Did he win? And I started, like, getting really panicked. And I'm literally watching 12 Years a Slave in the office, which is the last one I have so to watch. I had no idea. I thought you'd beat me. And so I'm like, oh, crap. And so I just go to my work computer. Sorry, work. And I'm watching Titanic. And I've, I've gotten, you know, an hour left, 45 minutes left, 30 minutes. I'm like. Meanwhile, I was doing my job. <laughs> I'm like, if Jake beats me by 20 minutes, I will flip out. I will just flip out. And know? in the end, in the end, Kent won. He came into the office yeah. gloating. No, no, I came into the office. I'm like, you're like, what are you doing? I'm in like, here? dude, What's are you on? watching the best picture movie? That's not fair. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, it's my last one. I'm like, well, then it looks like you beat me. Except for I just finished Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dumb story, but it yeah. was like actually a big deal between the three of us. And like we said, that apparently this has been going on for over a year now. And we've been watching these movies. Well, we finished we finished a while ago. Yes. But we wanted last to wait. January. Yes, we wanted to figure wow that's a long no, time ago no, last january uh okay february april whatever really yeah, yeah. yeah it we was waited before we, the podcast then we started the podcast then we wanted to wait till oscar season before we talked about it there so here we are there you have the backstory so long long backstory so we know that not a lot you guys not a lot of you are going to watch all 87 best picture winners or 88 come oscar time so we went through and watched all of them well, they watched all of them. Every single stupid one. And believe me, there are a lot of stupid ones. We, oh, yeah, there are. And we wanted to watch them so that we could then guide you through the best and the worst Best Picture winners. So if right. you want to go watch Best Pictures, this is the ones to avoid and the ones to not miss. We're yeah. going to go top five, bottom five. Uh, bottom five, top five. Uh, let, yes. Let's yes. end on a high note. Yeah, we will end on a high note. <laughs> Instead of ending on... Let's, yeah, it'll let's be, start off really bad. It'll, it'll go... It'll be, we'll do countdowns, five, four, three, two, one for the worst and then the same for the best. And it's a very special episode of Bacon Cell because... Jacob is going to participate in the list. I am. Yay! I am. Yay! Yeah, I figure I should since, you know, I actually consider no, not, but... I, I consider this your avenue. You are the old movie guy. And that's so, true. That's true. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. Sure. So, we can give him that title. <laughs> Ken hasn't we got to give him a title. Ken, ha- Ken hasn't seen any movies before 1980. Jacob hasn't seen any after 1980. I'm like 1940 to 19... 19- Right or to 2010. I'm right there. Yeah. Yeah. Except for you like all the Buster yeah, you Keaton like those, movies. You like I the love silent movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyway, All right. enough banter. Banter! All right, are we ready to start? I'm ready. Woo. I hope we are. Okay. So, 
These are the worst Best Picture winners, to our opinion. We're not giving. The oh definitive, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yes, too. we're not giving our definitive. These are the this is the best of the best. This is the worst of the worst. These are our opinions. I struggled so much because I wanted to be like Godfather Two, Schindler's List. You know, it's all like, these movies. The production value is very high in this one. No, this should the be our personal is, favorites. Is amazing. But I really went with my favorite here, and, and granted, I will be chewed up basically by any other critic. But I had to go with favorite. Hey, yeah. we all have our right to an opinion. Okay, so Jacob, why are you wrong? All right, uh, are you going to start? Uh, I'm not. You're, I'll start us off. Number sure. five, worst best picture winner. These are the bottom tiers. Yeah, bottom tiers. With uh, a quick summary. Yeah, quick summary because we got to give people at least an idea of what the movie's about. <laughs> okay. All right. Quick summary, Kent. <laughs> so there's this guy, and he's he's got this complex, right? A psychological later. complex. And then he meets this woman who works for this guy. No. And <laughs> okay, I want to add to. I know we said favorite already, but these are the ones when I get to the actually no, that's the best ones. I'll wait for that. Yeah. So okay, number five, number worst, five bottom. From here to eternity. From here to eternity, okay. which actually ranks pretty high in a lot of the lists that I've seen. It has the number one love scene in film of it's all time. The famous, is, it's the famous of the two people rolling. making on the beach yes. and then the waves come up and crash on and them. And we all know that wouldn't be very fun. No, no. it would not be fun. In fact, said, I read a thing that the, the actress complained about it. She's like, I had sand everywhere. It was a week before I had all the sound, sand out of me, is what she <laughs> said. That's terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> but okay, so from your return, give, <laughs> give us a brief synopsis of what it's about. All right, so it's basically a Pearl Harbor. But 50 years earlier, I had, it's actually not totally accurate, but it's kind of true. It's uh, it's military life right before the Pearl Harbor strike. It's all taking place there. Um, and, and then why was it the worst for you? Why was it the worst? Because... Why is it number five worst? Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible movie because nothing happens. Uh, it's basically nasty people hiding out, doing nasty things. There's nothing really interesting happening. Uh, there's an affair. It doesn't feel authentic. Everything feels really forced. I hate those fake affairs. And the only thing that actually, I mean, the only reason I think it got the attention that it did is because it is based around the Pearl Harbor attack, Mm -hmm. um, which happens and links into the plot. And then the end is really abysmal as well. It's, it's just, it's just a waste of time. Uh, so, but besides, getting too much into the plot that's, no, that's good that's yeah. good so uh, do you have a, an, another we, uh, i actually prepared a couple of these where i thought what should have won right. that year if this movie didn't win oh. do you have one or do you if you don't that's fine i do not okay that's fine what I, year did I it come I out 19, it's the 1953 best picture winner shane came out that year i would have given it to shane over that easy nice all right number five for kent number five for me is it came out in 1933 it's cavalcade Cavalcade made your worst? Yeah, I hated Cavalcade. Really? I fell asleep more in Cavalcade than I did in any other Best Picture movie I watched. It was hard to stay awake in that. It's like Downton Abbey. And I know that because I was watching it like 3 in the morning. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Cavalcade is like Downton Abbey, but in black and white. Right. And really, really old. So I fall asleep in Downton Abbey as it is. (laughs) So just imagine it being made 80 years ago. So can you give the brief synopsis of Cavalcade? It's Downton Abbey. It, it takes place over the three decades of the lives, loves, and tragedies of an upper-class London family and their servants. Oh, a little upstairs-downstairs thing. Yes, about. exactly. And, and we're very familiar that with that kind of story. Synopsis. Thank you, Ken. I, I, I'm really trying for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I think it is super dull. I think it tries to be funny. It doesn't ever hit. It tries to be tragic. It doesn't. It feels so forced. In fact, the end scene... Throwing it out there because no one should watch this is, and I think, no, wait, is this the end or middle? It doesn't matter. 
a couple meets on the Titanic and they're like, we're going to be together forever. Yeah. Let's go on this boat ride. Yep. And I'm and like, but it's the oh, USS Titanic. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I, this is, I'm not defending this as one of the best ones because I don't think it's one of the best, but I really, this was a middle of the road for a middle of the road one for me. It was pleasant, but not great. So right. I, I, I'm, for me, a pleasant movie shouldn't be the best picture. Uh, actually, the movie that came out this year was King Kong and King Kong has made that cultural impact in film and in American history. Oh, it definitely has more staying power. You're definitely right. right and granted, it's not the quite best picture movie, but as you'll see with a lot of these, they chose movies for whatever reason. The Academy has a history, if I may say, sure. of choosing the hot topic of the year. Like, you know, it's that whatever is going on right then is going to win best picture. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, how do you explain certain best picture winners? As we'll get to. All but, right, Joel. All right. My number five is From Here to Eternity. <laughs> really? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. From Here to Eternity. No, and that's why I said, I said, I actually have the note here. I'm like, this is basically the Pearl Harbor of 1953. Uh, this is Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. I saw your notes. I it's, saw them. <laughs> it's a horrible love story that no one cares about. It's full of unlikable characters doing unpleasant things. That's it, almost exactly what I said. It is. And it made, it made the military to seem like, like a bunch of stubborn drunkards who had nothing better to do than fight each other and sleep around. That is exactly what it felt like. And then at the end, they have to be this you know, noble stand up against the Japanese and the bombing and all that. And it's like, you know, not really. And I actually totally agree that Shane should have won that year. Yeah. I, I really struggled with a lot of these because there are movies that I think are terrible on this list. Mm-hmm. But then there's one scene in the movie that I remember and I'm like, okay, that was really good. From I, Here to Eternity does not, even the love scene, it does not it, have that. It doesn't have, no. it has no redeeming factor. Right, really. I, I actually think the last 20 minutes, I think the attack is really heart-wrenching. And I say this because I didn't know it was a Pearl Harbor movie going into it. I tried to avoid all of the knowledge about this, and so I'm watching it going, I'm like, where's this going? And also, I'm like, oh, Pearl Harbor. Isn't Sinatra in that movie? He is. He is. He's fine. He's fine in the movie. He's, fine. he's, he's a yeah. drunkard the right. whole time. So, uh, Shane, classic Western, should have won that year. There's my number five. Number four, Jacob. All right. Uh, number four, and I, I'm tempted to even put this higher, honestly, but there's just other bad ones. Uh, French Connection. Oh. This is Gene Hackman. It's a this, cop movie. Any list you look at online, by the way, and they're all just all over the place, mm-hmm. French, French Connection is always in the top 20. Which is ridiculous. Because let me tell you what, this movie, I'm going to use this word not, not casually, okay. right? This movie sucks. What's it about? It's about a cop who's a bit crooked and a little obsessed. Popeye. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, yeah. They and, call him Popeye. And in fact, that's what the chicken chain was named after was this cop. The real life cop. The dirty cop. Movie. Yeah. Basically, it's like an hour and 20 minutes of the most, of just regular mundane cop procedural. No, hey, but it has the coolest iconic car chase. I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to get to that. Yeah. So that the first 120 minute or hour and 20 minutes is, yeah, it's just regular procedural stuff. And there is absolutely nothing remarkable about this movie. Nothing. It's it's like watching Criminal Minds or whatever, like it, any stupid really procedural show. Gene Hackman plays an okay crooked cop, though. He does play an okay crooked cop. Like, when we say Hackman. crooked, it's not like he's crooked like he's doing he's, bad things. He's a Jack Bauer. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll, like he'll do anything to yeah. get the job yes. done. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's not like taking bribes or anything. And, like so, right. and, and so then there's this car chase. And I'm like, oh, this car chase is kind of cool. And it lasts for 20 minutes. And Funny by the way, story about that car chase. Yeah. They did not have the proper permits to do that. And a lot of those near misses were actual near misses, well, which I respect. But it's all yeah. under the L train in Chicago, and it doesn't do much. It gets I mean, it's old fast. Right. It does get. It's old like fast. there's a camera on the bumper. Oh, like oh, I'm watching that for ten seconds. Okay, now it switches to his face. No, I will say we are more. a bit spoiled with car chases now, where that seems really outdated. Back in the day, it was probably really cool. Right, but, yeah. it was okay. Best Picture winner? 
that's absurd. Yeah. It's just absurd. So let me know what what else came and then, out that year. And then oh. the end, Gene Hackman ends up shooting a cop. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I mean, 1973 or whatever. Um, he shoots a cop, but he's so into what he's doing, he doesn't even care. And then that's the end of the movie because he's now kind of a bad guy. The end. It, like, who cares? It's so stupid. It's not that good. Also, this actually won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Film Editing. Oh, I could just die. Stab <laughs> myself in the eye. I actually, my review for this was... Uh, I don't have this one, by the way, but it's in my honorable mentions of worst ones. It actually, I did it to the tune of Rainbow Connection, and it's all about the French connection. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's, it was pretty entertaining. I was just looking at it like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. So, I, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on other, French Connection. So that came out in 1971. Other yes. movies that came out that year. Yeah, let's hear that. Well, here's the other nominees. Here's what oh, you have, those, you have that. Sure. Okay. Uh, Clockwork Orange, Fiddler on the Roof, Last Picture Show, and Nicholas and Alexandra. Fiddler on the Roof, Best Picture. That should have been it. Is there any other high grossing? Do you have high grossing, or what are you looking at? I'm just looking at most popular, so it would be Willy Wonka, Clockwork Orange, Last Picture Show, Dirty Harry, Harold and Maude. It's actually a really good year. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. That, that is a good year. Yeah, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. That's a good year. Tier two. Have you so, seen Harold and Maude, Joel? I haven't yet. It's in my queue. It's pretty fun. Fun in a weird way. Uh, yeah, right. fun's not quite the right word. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, morbid. All right, kids, yeah. go ahead. My number four is the Broadway Melody of 1929. You really hate those old movies, don't you? Uh, you're going to sense a theme here, actually. <laughs> yeah. This movie came out in 1929. Uh, they were trying to do something in film. You and- can't go after the old ones. It's like picking on a handicapped guy or something, you know? <laughs> like, they don't, it's 100 years ago. Can't be nicer uh, to them. <laughs> it's okay. Look, I know they're trying to do something. And in, with this, was this the first? Uh, oh, yeah, it's the first talkie to win Best Picture. Yeah. And I like saying talkie because it makes me sound like... It's a talkie picture. <laughs> it's a talkie. Uh, so first musical, first talkie. And what they tried to do is gel the musical part so much that it was basically a stage show recorded mm-hmm. with awkward subplots in between. Yeah. But the thing was, and that's, I mean, that's really the story. It's just some guy creating a show and it's, I don't know. I, I didn't even care to... So what should have won that year, Kent? Well, should have won. Out of uh, the Broadway Melody, Alibi, Hollywood Review, In Old Arizona, and The Patriot. This is the only... The Patriot of Mel Gibson is quite good. <laughs> Back in 1929. Uh, this is the only one where I didn't look to see There's what else... really not Because you haven't seen anything Because it's in 1929. Yeah. Like, really, I don't... I recognize a lot of these names here. I haven't seen a lot of these. But... But... Yeah, there's not much... I really hate it. It was just the, the staging of the dances was dull. It didn't even feel like a nice Broadway show. It just felt like dancers didn't even know what they were doing. That was a 1.5 speed movie. Right. It, it's just the acting is really just wooden. Everyone. It, they were still getting their feet under them for for Hollywood. They were still used to, to Broadway productions, to live theater. And so I didn't hold this one to as high of a standard because I was like, you know what? They're still learning how to do movies. Yeah, me too. Which but, is yeah. weird because Kim's Wings, not as flexible. Wings no. is a fantastic movie. So. Yeah. No, but just dull. Dull and creaky. Okay. Dull and creaky. I think that's fair, actually. Uh, my number four is actually Chicago. Okay. I, I knew this was coming. Uh, murderous Velma Kelly and Roxy Hart find themselves on death row together and fight for the fame that will keep them from the gallows in 1920s Chicago. <laughs> and all that jazz. <laughs> it didn't deserve the Academy Award for Best Picture. It's not the best picture of that year. How do you really feel, Joel? <laughs> The, I think the, I really feel I, I still, really, like blow like, a raspberry there. On other podcasts we record, it's like, hey, let's talk about uh, 90s cartoons. And Joel's like, I really am pissed that Chicago won <laughs> when it did because it really didn't deserve it. Moulin Rouge should have yes, won, Moulin and that's Rouge. why Chicago you, won. You know what else came out that year? Okay, well, first of all, the, the, out of the nominees that, of that year. So in 2002, nominated Chicago, Gangs of New York, The Hours, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The Pianist. 
Oh. And that's, so, that's surprising because Pianist took a lot of other awards, like did, Best Actor. But it didn't win his Best Picture. And I don't know why Chicago won. Frankly, I, I really don't know why. I, I do like the music. That's why it's number four and not lower. But I hated the movie. And if you think about it, okay, so Spider-Man, Signs, Minority Report all came out that year and are better remembered than Chicago. Oh, yeah. My Big Fat Greek Wedding should have won over Chicago. <laughs> Singles Ward? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I chicago was a disappointment i'm really not a big fan of it but i do have some of this music on my ipod and i do enjoy that i think it has zero uh, lasting effect no it really it was it makes you go oh yeah renee zelliger yeah oh and it, Catherine Catherine Jones. Jones. okay john c Riley in a dramatic role which is nice it was weird but fun right so yeah chicago's my number four it's not worth watching don't see it yeah okay Number three. Number three. Kicking off here. Terms of endearment. <laughs> really? I went ahead and did it because... I disagree with this choice. So You're wrong. <laughs> really mean. So I had a discussion with Kent yesterday. I'll go and let you in. Now, first off, this is a terribly dull, uninspired, uh, it's tedious a- movie, except for the ending, which is actually pretty strong. Yes. To be fair, we are not this show's audience. That's this, very this true. Is, this is a, a, a tear fest, a cry fest. It's a it is it's a tearjerker. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, a lot of the things I read is it was it was widely a favorite by women, and that's just like that's that, racist. That's just what Jacob. I read. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you understand racism. <laughs> so, so what's that's it about? Racist. <laughs> what's it about? So it's about nothing. No, uh, it's about a, a, a mom and daughter that uh, she the, the mother's controlling the daughter Shirley McLean Shirley McLean and I don't remember the daughter uh, and she the daughter wants to marry Jeff Deborah Daniels Winger. as a, a high school sweetheart and the mom's kind of against it and basically they move away and nothing happens and Jeff Daniels cheats on her and then she cheats on him back and the mom I, I is said brief synopsis kids. and the mom uh, uh, and then the mom is neighbors with Jack Nicholson who's a womanizer but they kind of like each other but womanizer, not really womanizer oh you're womanizer thanks Brittany um yeah, and so a whole lot of nothing happens. And then, spoiler alert, the end, the daughter gets cancer, and um, she, and she sings, You Are the Wind Beneath My Wings. And uh, and so then she has to tell her boys about getting cancer, which is a really good scene at It's the a end. great scene. There, no, there's some real emotional drama in here. But it's, it's literally... No. But when you have a year when Star Wars Return of the Jedi comes out... Scarface. Trading Places. Flashdance. Uh, Mr. Mom. War Games. Business, the Big Chill. Yeah, they, they, I was going to say the nominees were. There are not a lot of Oscar winners. Jaws, three D, but but staying, <laughs> <laughs> but staying power. No one talks about terms of endearment, but Star Wars, Return no, of the Jedi. It, come on, it's remarkably lackluster, is what it is. It's a lackluster year, though. If you look at the nominees, terms of endearment, the Big Chill, the Dresser, the Right Stuff, and Tender Mercies. The the Big well, Chill should have got it. I kind of see why it won. The Big then. Chill is the kind of movie that should have got it. Yeah. Anyway, I did not like it. Uh, Octopussy if, came out. If you don't like too. watching boring, uh, unremarkable people. Uh, doing like living far below what they should be doing. I mean, no, it is a manipulative movie meant to make you cry. Yeah, yeah, it goes nowhere. Anyway, all right, let's. That's enough. My number three is from 1932. <laughs> again, Jeez. picking on the kids again. <laughs> picking on the kids. <laughs> it is Grand Hotel. Oh, you didn't like Grand Hotel? I hated Grand that Hotel. That made my honorable mention for worst. I, okay, thank I you. I was fine with that one. See, I think you have a lot more patience in regards to this it, era. I do. That's was... why I do this podcast. <laughs> it, okay. it almost had no redeeming factors, although I do think it had a couple. But go ahead. 
So this movie is basically a, a it's about a group of very different individuals staying at a luxurious hotel in Berlin and they have to deal with each other in each of their respective dramas in their life. There's very little that ties this together well. There's like a near death plot mixed with like jewel thieves. It's an, it's an ensemble cast. And it's trying to be really clever. But it's just a mess. You Greta Garbo's you in this Greta movie. Garbo? You hate Drew Barrymore's dad? John Barrymore. You hate Joan Crawford? Yeah. Everyone in this movie is not great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of funny because at the beginning and end of the, end of the movie, the, one of the characters goes, Grand Hotel, always the same. People come, people go. Nothing ever happens. And I'm like, that's exactly how I feel about this movie. <laughs> nothing ever happens. Although, I mean, let me ask you. Like, and... I- Spoiler alert for what was it? 1932. 31. This is when they were doing kind of mixed years. This is 31, 32. So when the guy dies at the end, were you surprised by that? Because it was way out of mood of the movie. Yeah, it didn't fit. Like, I was like, what? But it it added some emotional depth. I don't think so. Well, it was like, here's another subplot. No, that's what took it out of the worst for me is I was like, I was surprised by that. And I thought the guy was kind of compelling. I thought Joan Crawford was great. And I thought Greta Garbo was good too. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Um, and other movies that came out that year is the original Scarface, uh, The Mummy, A Farewell to Arms. There's all, some better, there's all more deserving. I love how we're talking about all these movies that no one will ever watch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, The Mummy, it has some staying power. It's a classic universal. Yes. All right. All right, Joel. My number three is American Beauty. I did not want to watch this movie. And in fact, I held out till just last week when I finally went, okay, fine. It's on VidAngel. I'll watch it. I hated it. And let me give you the plot synopsis. We had to force him to watch this yes, movie. And then he sent us an angry text afterwards saying he liked us less now for making him watch <laughs> I said, this. I hated this movie, and I like you guys a little bit less for making me watch it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so let me, read you, let me read you the, synopsis, the, the brief summary here. A sexually frustrated suburban father has a midlife crisis after becoming inf- infatuated with his daughter's best friend. Well, if that doesn't scream awesome movie, I don't know what does. This doesn't movie, seem quite fair, actually, even no. as a synopsis. That's, yeah. that's IMDb. Hmm. That's word for word from IMDb. But this movie is a pessimistic, nihilistic wasteland. Uh, there, I, I was so unhappy with the characters in this movie, I could not relate to anyone. It had The cinematography is fine. Like, it had kind of a good look to it, but I really couldn't relate to this whole everyone in suburbia is miserable and they're just hiding it. Everyone's really miserable. I'm like, that's not true. And I, just I don't thought, know if that was the point. I think everyone is dealing with their own issues. It's not as happy and pretty as it seems American, from the outside. American Beauty is on a major, the majority of overrated Best Picture winners lists. And it's because it came out the same year as Fight Club, The Sixth Sense, The Matrix, like these right. iconic movies that have had staying power since then. No one even thinks about American Beauty anymore because it's a non-movie. That's why it's the middle of the road. Kevin Spacey, though. He's no, I, great. I like Kevin Spacey, but I could not relate to his character. I'm like, dude, pull yourself together for crying out loud. I like his I character. I was annoyed by him. And I was annoyed by this movie, and I don't think anyone should watch it. I like his character. I also like the the neighbor boy's character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most beautiful thing in the world. It's a floating garbage bag. Yeah, we're all just floating garbage bags, really. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> all we are is floating garbage bags. <laughs> What's the title of that bag song? in the wind. I, I, I sound bitter because this movie really did annoy me, and I did not enjoy watching it. It's just I didn't think it was that good. I think you went in with so much bias, there and especially the bias. morality of the whole story, you were not into. I, oh and no, so, I fully admit I didn't watch this for the longest time because I knew the plot. I'd been told by friends, "You're really not going to like this one, Joel." And I'm like, "All right." And then I went into, but I went into it being like, "Okay." And there were some redeeming qualities that I was like, "This isn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be." 
Thank um, you, Joel, for finally saying that at least. But it's still terrible. <laughs> what were the redeeming qualities? I liked the the scene at the drive through. As yeah. we, mentioned, we talked about where he busts his wife for having an affair because everyone has affairs in suburbia. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so angry. Yeah. Uh, it was just a, it was just annoying. What about the couch scene that I told you about? Did you end up liking that? Or was she was worried about him getting stuck yeah, on the couch? Yeah, no, yeah. that bothered me. Yeah, right. That bothered me, and that's things I, I had an emotional reaction to this movie. That's why it's not yeah. number one worst because there were some things I was like, oh, that really got to me. But overall. An unpleasant movie full of unpleasant people. Also, do you feel like there was a moral redemption at the end? No. You didn't? No. None. You don't, don't think they, the guy they, they, who's no, chasing nihilism and just self-gratification right. no, they, they is like, okay, no. Like he's like, this isn't going to bring me happiness. No. Yes, yes. He has this realization at the end. That's fine. Nihilism and isn't going to bring me happiness. They, they, I read up on this because I read about it. They were going one way, and the director was so intent on that going that one way and him fulfilling his desires mm-hmm. that it took convincing from a studio and I think even a test audience before he changed it. Well, what does that matter? Yeah, I mean, that you, the that movie is the finished product. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the director, the writer. But that's what I mean. It's like That's where he wanted the story to go because it seems like the writer's a miserable person too mm-hmm. it just this movie is full of misery and it's not what i want to associate with yeah but you're and saying at the, at the end you're not accepting the actual movie really because we're, we're of what the director wanted movie, no right. one's gonna watch or care about right i i care about it no remember remember when you said it's, you hated this one and they try to do t- i think it's a best picture winner like a, a no it shouldn't be but is it a wasted movie no it is yeah that's that's where I'm they at. try to tie it at the end and be like oh here's a positive message at the end and it's like too little too late sorry Bad movie, don't watch it. American okay. Beauty. <laughs> Tell us okay. how you feel once again. <laughs> Chicago and American Beauty. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to pick on the ones that came during my lifetime, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I pick on the old ones. You're like 1932, the Broadway melody before that. How dare they not use CGI in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not even colored. <laughs> well, there's not enough That's blood. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. What? Yep. Amadeus, Amadeus. Amadeus. You hate this movie? I despise Amadeus, this movie. Amadeus, Amadeus, <laughs> oh, 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 Amadeus. So, it, although, I mean, here's my caveat, right? I watched this in college, and I have not watched it since, and that was like 10 years ago. It's not good. And so I considered rewatching it, but I hated it so much when I watched it before that I thought, I don't think I can bear it because I, I loathed the movie. You want to give the brief plot synopsis? Yeah. So there's basically another guy. I don't remember his name. Salieri. Salieri. Yeah. And he's, he's super pious you know, with quotation marks. Uh, and he, he's dedicated his whole life to music. And he's tr- he's been really disciplined and whatever, and uh, and he's written a bunch of mediocre stuff. And then he meets Mozart, who's a kid who's lewd and uh, crude and just all radical around dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a lewd, crude, radical dude. Radical dude. Yeah, Mozart. Uh, so Mozart is basically he's just unkempt and anyway. So he sees him as super trashy. He's and uh, but he sees his music and he respects it and is amazed by it, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and that's is that's gonna say that's that's probably a good synopsis. Yeah. So he gets insanely jealous and um and it ruins his life. Yeah. Salieri's Salieri's jealousy ruins his life. His Salieri's jealousy yeah. most. So the movie opens up from a psychiatric facility where Salieri whatever is there and he's telling the whole story about this thing to a priest and anyway so he tells the story and he basically wait you're still giving the synopsis? Oh yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. He's more synopsis. He Kent. I'm going Kent. Uh, and so anyway, uh, this is the, this is really crucial though. You have to understand. So he. Uh, he does this whole plot against Mozart so that he can steal work from him mm-hmm. and, uh, and he ends up doing it. But it, anyway, Mozart dies, uh, surprisingly. Anyway, it's so it's, the movie's about a really gross guy 
Uh, it's it's like a Breaking Bad in a way, but I don't know if Breaking Bad's a gross guy. Well, it's, it's a it's a Greek tragedy, but no. But I agree that I think I think this is not a good movie. I agree. Uh, yeah, this, I, did, this didn't make my list. This made honorable mention. It basically, a man losing faith because a boy was really talented. It drives him crazy. He's ridiculous with jealousy, yeah. right? And, and he plots his death and steals his work. And and it, there's the character of Mozart is pretty fun, though. No, I do agree with that. Actually, like he's a gross human being. And I, I don't like. like it's well acted. I would say. Yes. Like I don't like. Yeah, because he went on to do great stuff after that. The actor that did that. <laughs> um, do you wow. know else was nominated in '84? Amadeus, Killing Fields, Passage to India, Places in the Heart, and A Soldier's Story. I don't know any of those. Nor do I. Killing Fields. But do you know what uh, came out know. in 1984? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Terminator. Beverly Hills Cop, Jindian Jones, A Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek Three, and Splash. And Never Ending Story. Highest grossing movies. Wow. None of those were even mentioned. It's a big year. I feel like the Academy in the early 80s really lost their way, like as in regard to what was art and cinema versus what was a good movie. Right. So... Yeah, hey, Jacob, movie. I, I agree with your choice, even though it didn't make my top five. Thank you. My number two choice uh, should be no surprise is from 1931. Oh my gosh, did Kids. you ever leave the 20s and 30s? He hasn't. Cimarron. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice that every we're all okay with this movie being on the worst I'm list. I'm not mad at you at all anymore. Oh, yeah. And here we are, like, giggling at this movie that no one has ever heard of. It is the first Western to win the Best Picture. Yep. Um, this is as private joke as it gets, honestly. I know. Yeah. So, well, okay, Cimarron... It, so, it's set in Oklahoma during the land rush. There's right. the lead character, Yancey Cravat. <laughs> He's in a frontier camp. Yancey. And he has to leave, leave his family to explore the Cherokee Strip. And basically, he keeps coming back, like, intermittently to his wife, and he's sexist, he's racist, he's a terrible, terrible man. If I could curse on this show, that's how I would describe Yancey. Yeah. We're supposed to see him as a hero, and they're watching it now in this scope that we have. You're like, he's a deplorable man that no one would ever want to spend time with. he's just full of himself. He's kind of the Donald Trump of the frontier. (laughs) Political humor. (laughs) Right. A little bit. (laughs) You just dated the show. Yes. Ah, crap. You shouldn't talk about our our president that way. (laughs) (laughs) possibly but and i'm sure you guys will talk about cimarron in some shape or form but it was actually the last western to win until dances with wolves in 1990 Hmm. so there's a 60 year gap there but cimarron ruined among some westerns right but let's talk about the other movies that came out in 1931 dracula frankenstein frankenstein m these these are these are classic classic movies yes cimarron no yeah. one has ever seen this movie. Even the Nor scope of Cimarron, I know Westerns, you think of like the, the great scope, which I didn't really think they perfected until the 50s, but right. they wanted to make this panorama landscape, but it just yeah. seemed like fake sets. Unless yeah. you want to get angry and have everyone you're watching the movie with get angry, the, don't watch the there movie. There is a scene where he is uh, politicizing in a church and then someone tries to shoot him. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this is kind of a cool movie. No, I hate this movie. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It really is terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh, but the poster says, terrific is all creation. I saw that. And, and like I was like, him with his ripped open shirt and like. Yeah. However, however, let me add in my other thing, though. I originally, when we did the thing, the competition, I watched a 1963 or 5 version of Cimarron, which was a remake, and they had adjusted the plot in significant ways. So Jacob came to us. He's like, Cimarron's not that bad. I was like, this is actually pretty good. And I'm like, you have no taste. And they're like, you're out of your mind. And uh, and then I realized that I had watched the wrong version. However, so if you do see the old version, and if you're into Westerns from the 60s, it is actually a good movie. But do not watch the The 30s one. one We'll go see uh, Spirit's. Stallion of the Cimarron. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Right? And All the right. only reason this did not make my list is because I knew it would be on both of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. All right, Joel, number two. I applaud two. your choice. Okay. Uh, not my number two, though. Oh, okay. My number two is actually... I wonder what number one is. Gigi. Aw. <laughs> Gigi. Number two is Gigi? 1958 Gigi. Here's the plot synopsis. <laughs> Weary of the conventions of Parisian society, a rich playboy and a youthful courtesan in training enjoy a platonic friendship, but it may not stay platonic for long. The opening song, Joel, if you'll join me. It's a bore. Thank heaven for for little little girls. They're always getting younger every day. It's basically Matthew McConaughey's speech in Dazed and Confused. (laughs) It gives me a shiver. But sang by a guy who's like 65. Guys, listening to this, they are not joking right now. If you have not seen this, that is literally the line, thank heaven for little girls. Yes, it's an old man singing And it's an old man singing in a pretty creepy way. Now, uh, other films that year nominated, uh, Gigi, Anti-Mame. But Auntie Mame, it's that uh, Christmas song. Right. Uh, Cat in a Hot Tin Roof, The Defiant Ones, and Separate Tables. However, Vertigo also came out that oh, year. Oh, wow. Not even nominated. It's my And stuff. it's considered one of Hitchcock's greatest. I think Vertigo should have won. I think Gigi, it, it's just, it, they, they sing a song in there that's like, it talks about, da, 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 it's a bore. And I, the whole time they kept saying that, I'm like, yes, this movie is a bore. It's, it's absolutely boring. You'll notice that some of the, in, even when we talk about best, some of the best movies of all time are not Oscar winners. Like, for example, Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Didn't win the year no, it came out. No, that was How Green Was My Valley. Vertigo was currently Sight and Sound's number one movie of all time. But Gigi won Wasn't that nominated. Gigi. Right. G-I-G-I, for those of you out there who are wondering what the heck I'm saying. Dark Knight. I want to look it up and Dark watch Knight, the best guy. movie of 2008. <laughs> Wasn't nominated. <laughs> it's just weird. The Academy yeah. gets it wrong. But this movie, I mean, it's it's boring. The characters are annoying. The songs are forgettable. The story's a mess. In in a, At the end of my review, I wrote, thank heaven I never have to watch this film again. I remember you hating this so much. It yeah. almost was my number one. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's almost uh, disproportionate how much you hate this. <laughs> it was so annoying. I, mean, I really yeah. didn't like it's, Gigi. See, it's funny because my five are like, I'm like, I'm really bored by these movies, and I fell asleep in every one. You were like, I hate these there's, movies. There's an act of I am not like too. Yeah. Right. All right. Number one, Jacob. Number one. Gentleman's Agreement. Oh. <laughs> the the <laughs> most preachy. Preachy. This is the heaviest handed movie I have ever witnessed. And this. to think it was a Best Picture winner is embarrassing. Okay, give us the synopsis. It's a guy, it's a, a journalist who pretends to be a Jew uh, for like six months. Yeah. To prove to, how hard it is to be a Jew. To prove how hard it is to be a Jew. Yeah. And to write an article. And it is so heavy-handed, and it turns out it's really not that hard to be a Jew, but they really try and make you think it is. It's like they, they the way they do it is like he goes to a hotel, and he's like, I'd like to check in. And they're like, okay. And he's like, oh, you're persecuting me. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, by the way, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. Does that matter? And then, because no, of my seriously. heritage. And this is the one, one of the parts that bugged me the most about the movie, which is in my honorable mentions, but not my number one. Was that it bugged me how he does it for like a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I understand. I understand the plight of the Jews. And it's yeah. like, no, you you don't. It's unbalanced rubbish. What are you doing? And it's a shame because it's Gregory uh, Gregory Peck. Yeah. 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 No, he's a strong lead. Like the guys, like if it wasn't for no. him, I would have stopped watching sooner. But they basically do that the whole time. He's like, but I'm a Jew. And they're like, oh, well, in that case, uh... You know, and the movie is so heavy-handed. Yes. I mean, it's it's preachy. Now, they literally will stare at the camera and tell you about how bad it is. Like yeah, that, now, to bring up Kent's Jewish heritage here. <laughs> sure. Because you, you're quarter Jew, is yeah. that what it is? In, in fact, my, my grandpa actually dealt with these kind of struggles. Yes. So, I mean, this existed. It did. The movie just explains it so poorly. But were you offended by this at all? Because like, as me, I was being offended by proxy because I have no Jewish heritage. I would be offended if I was a but Jew. But I was kind of like, this is really just patronizing and kind of yeah. just jerky. 
Right. And so I didn't know if you felt any differently for that. No, I really was just like, wow, shove it down my throat some more. Because hmm. seriously. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, other nominees for that year. Gentlemen's, the Gentleman's Agreement, Bishop's Wife, Crossfire, Great Expectations, and Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, Miracle on 34th Street. Also came out that year, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, which I really like. Um, what? And The Ghost of Mrs. Muir. There's a bunch of fun ones in here, but classic ones, but hmm. not Gentleman's Agreement. Yeah, it's I, it, anything but that. Excellent choice, Jacob. Thank you. My least favorite Best Picture winner is not from the 1930s. It's from 1956. 1956. And it's Around the World in 80 Days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie I truly hate. But why? Remember okay. when I saw this movie and I was just like, oh, I saw like the most you, offensive, most ridiculous movie of all time. You really did hate this one. Yeah, you're like it. It, it, racial stereotypes galore. Galore. Right? Yeah. And it's not just like the offensiveness because looking back through history, we can all say that movie's insensitive. That sort of thing because we're looking at it from our perspective. Right. This movie is a joke. It's basically like if uh, honestly the remake Around the World in 80 Days with Jackie Chan and Steve Coogan won Best Picture. Like, that's what I really? picture. <laughs> wow. This is a movie that invented the term cameo because... the... Yeah, okay. It's based on Jules Verne, but, uh, Jules Verne's book, uh, Around the World in 80 Days, and it's more of a comedic approach where... Uh, British guy takes a bet, right? Yeah. British guy takes a bet. I'll be back in 80 days, and I'm going to take my assistant. And, and a hot air balloon around the world. Right. And we're going we're gonna to tour every country. It's like the chipmunk adventure. Yes. But, <laughs> but less fun. But it, it has everyone that was famous at the time. It's basically the movie Entourage. Oh, but filmed that's in the insulting. 1950s. It feel it felt like Entourage. This it's is like, not as bad it's as like, Entourage. Hi, Frank Sinatra is a Native American. Hey. <laughs> No, it was the worst. Every country they went to is just a different set with every stereotype you yeah. can imagine. Well, but it's not as bad as Entourage. You've, you've called Entourage like extremely just more deplorable deplor- than the Human Centipede. Yes, this is 1950s more deplorable than the Human Centipede. <laughs> it is not. I hated it's not this that movie, bad. and it's it's about three hours long. It There's is long. no redeeming value that to this. works against it's, it as well. That it's it, that long. It wants to be okay. comical and slapstick. Around the world in 180 days, you can't squeeze that into <laughs> no, 60 minutes. No, they can somehow with extremely long scenes. Yeah, Look, the whole thing is just a smirk at the audience. It's like, huh? Huh? You remember this guy? Yeah. There's yeah. Carol Channing. And I'm not saying this is one of the best. It's it's a middle ground for me, but it's not great. I hated it. Wow, really? That's uh, Other movies that came out that year and should have won, The Ten Commandments, The yes. King and I. I know, yes. that's ridiculous. Ten yes. Commandments. It's crazy. Lost to that. Yeah. I hate Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with you. I agree that King and I and Ten Commandments should have won because Around the World in 80 Days does not have a staying power. Right. My number one no surprise is Cimarron. (laughs) We've already talked enough about it. I'm not going to go into it. But just Yancey and his heavy-handed lectures the whole time. He leaves his wife for like a decade and then comes back and finds out she's running his business. And he's like, you're running this wrong, woman. Here, let me – you're you're prosecuting a hooker in the town? Let me defend her. And it's like, what? Against my wife. Against my wife. Right. It's, It's just Yancey is just a blowhard. I hate him. And I hate that character. I hate that old Yancey so much. Yancey. So, like, yeah, don't yeah. watch that one. I, it's so funny. That, I like to we're punch we're him a in podcast in face. 2016 or 17, whenever you're listening to this. So and bad. we are hating a movie from 1931 this yeah. much. Uh, honorable mentions, as I mentioned before, the ones that we didn't get to. Uh, well, I'll just read them all so then I don't have to pick out the ones I didn't. But uh, Terms of Endearment, Gentleman's Agreement, Lawrence of Arabia, The Great Zigfield, French Connection, Chariots of Fire, and The English Patient. Mine are Going My Way, An American in Paris, From Here to Eternity, Gigi, Chicago, Gentleman's Agreement. So, I mean, pretty much similar. A lot of the same bad ones. Uh, Crash, Out of Africa, Forrest Gump, and uh, King's Speech. 
King Speech? Yeah. There's some in hate the worst? in there. There's that's a hating. middle ground at best. That's a lot or of honorable mentions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, for me, it's like uh, Forrest Gump and the King Speech are movies that completely didn't deserve to even be on the same scope of like Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. or Inception. <laughs> or Social Network. Social Network should have won that year. I don't know. Except that's speech. a hot topic. That's a hot topic movie. I don't think that won't have as much staying power. Even oh, though I, think I will. Who, I think it's a great movie. But who's I think, ever like, hey, I feel like watching King's Speech right now. No, no, no. I I, would. I, it's, it's a mediocre win. <laughs> Stop it, It's Jake. a mediocre win. Like the artist is a mediocre win. Right. But it's not a bad win. Anyway. All right. Now let's go into the top. Hold on. Hold on. I have my honorable mentions oh, sorry, too. Yes. On the Waterfront. Which I think is super overrated. That's that's and that's, that's partly why. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, I like oh. that one. Which I think is a fine movie. It's like, oh, what a nice PG movie. Like, wait, Best Picture winner? I don't know. Actually, I think it was one of the highest grossing that year, too. And Shakespeare in Love. Also, just bad or undeserving. It just doesn't matter. It it really doesn't. But it's not a bad movie. It's just when it wins best. It's just so undeserving. You consider it bad because it won Best Picture. Over Saving Private Ryan. Like, which is absurd. Yeah, Over Saving Private Ryan. Who does that? Right. The Academy, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. They're out of their minds. So now we're going to switch gears. (laughs) We are no talking, no longer talking about the worst pictures. We're talking about the best. Yeah, best pictures. the best ones. Our favorites. Joel, do you want to start? Yes, I'll start. We'll go. We'll go round robin this way. Cool. cool. Uh, my number five is actually Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Really? And this is a culmination award. I feel like this was the whole franchise. They were kind of giving it to Return of the King, but right. it was for the whole franchise. And I think Lord of the Rings is a fantastic series. Because it managed to pull in people who have never read the books before and also appease all those lovers of the book as well. It's well made. It's well crafted. The special effects are good. It has staying power. I think this will be one of those movies people will watch in the future. And I'm glad they finally gave it to a fantasy movie that wasn't just a drama about people crying and dying. And it was so incredibly successful as well, which doesn't often happen with Best Picture winners. No, no. And that's just it. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. And it's a sequel. Yes. That's the thing is only two sequels have ever won Best Picture being Godfather 2 and uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, which doesn't bode well for Mad Max Fury Road. Right. But I think that Lord of the Rings Return of the King, even though it wasn't maybe my favorite movie in the franchise, this is kind of the Academy Award. I kind of went, here, you know what? That was a great trilogy. Peter Jackson. Thanks for doing it. Yes. So that's my number five. My number five is from 2004. It's a good choice, Joel. Thank you. It's Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I really struggle with this one because there are movies I want to share with people. But then I'm like, what movies do I truly love? What, what movies do I watch over and over again? And it's Return of the King. People will hate on the multiple endings. In fact, I prefer Two Towers to this movie. Me too. But what this movie Extended does... version? Yeah, oh, yeah. I never watched the originals. Come uh, on. Film nerd. <laughs> it's always the extended and all in one sitting. <laughs> we should but do that in our marathon. This thing, it's a towering achievement, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. It is, like I said, it is more of like, hey, we want to honor you, Peter Jackson, for what you've done. Right. There are flaws in this movie, but there are also amazing heartfelt scenes, especially between Sam and Frodo. Yeah. Oh, Sam. You're my Sam. Mr. Frodo. <laughs> She had ribbons in her hair. And it, it really did. And I actually appreciate the multiple endings. Like, I didn't want to say goodbye. It's it's a bit silly. Even though they cut off the ending before the book ending. You're yes, okay with the that. book just keeps on going, going, going. And then, right. Because they yes. don't go back to the Shire after in the movie. Oh, I'm fine with that. I, I didn't care for that in the book, actually. You didn't want to know what happened to Saruman? Eh, not really. Not the okay. way they, they handled it. But, no, it's it's a great movie. And it, it's a little bit cheap, I think, because it's so popular. But still... Number oh, five. Fantastic. I agree. Yeah. Okay. My number five is Gladiator. Oh. All right. And part of this is nostalgia. And I actually haven't seen it that recently. But I remember really clearly walking to the movie. I was like 17. 
and it was like this opening fight scene and all the arrows were flying and i just stopped walking and i looked up because it was so gorgeous like ridley scott really has an eye for that stuff mm-hmm. uh, not super consistent but man when he gets it ridley scott really gets it and uh and that movie it i mean i felt so many things like it was like the war side of me was into it like the soundtrack the, the, the soundtrack. soundtrack i mean my goodness i listened to now we are free if you look at my ipod now we are free is probably the most played song on my ipod that that's how it goes at all that's exactly it can you do our closing now well it starts off with the slow one but it's when it gets to that yes uh, the fast yeah. part but and a beautiful ending. I yeah. don't. I don't like the movie that much, frankly. If, if I may be honest, but I, that ending gets me emotional like almost every single time. Yeah, I felt so many things in it, and it it really struck a chord at that age too. I just have to say, I was not entertained. I was not entertained. <laughs> you would. You would. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. So, I mean, everyone probably already knows. I don't need to give a plot synopsis on Gladiator, well, right? And the, the title kind of says it. It's about gladiators. Well, not It's about exactly. a guy who's get, who puts... It's a general who becomes a gladiator. Has and, to fight for his freedom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. All right. Joel? Number, oh, number four. Oh, that's right. Number four. My number four is actually from 1942, and it's Casablanca. Oh, I, I did went, not see that coming. I yeah, went into neither. this. No, I went into this movie. Arms looking at you, Joel. Being like, everyone likes this movie. I'm not gonna like it. it it's overhyped. Blah 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 blah. And then it starts out, you know, near Portugal. That I'm like, oh, Portugal. I, I like Portugal. What, what are you talking about? And then as the movie progressed, I was totally pulled in. This is a classic film that actually does live up to the hype. It has been copied and parodied and homaged so many times after that that I feel like it, it may have lost some of its luster. But it's a good story with compelling characters with superb acting. How do you think Bogart translates now? I think in that character as Rick, yeah, fantastic. I liked him in that movie. In other movies, I have an issue with and, him. In the ending, in particular, it is so exactly what needed to happen, even though it's not His what you face want to is happen. just hard to look at, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's just a fact, right? Bogart. It's not even subjective. It, but it sounds like you're at. having a problem with this. No, but Casablanca <laughs> won me over, and it really does deserve all the hype, I believe. And so that's why I gave it my number four best picture winner of all time. If you don't mind, I just have to say, didn't really like it that much. It's fine. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. Like Gladiator? Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> that's true. Okay. So you're not actually giving an opinion. You're just so you're not going to play revenge. it again. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, no. Okay. You went there. I went there. Yeah. My number four is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Really? Yes. Now, props to you for this, because this is one of the few uh, three movies that have won the big five, which is Best Actor, Best Director, Best Screenplay, uh, Best Actress. Yeah. Best Director. Um, those five. There's only three. It's Silence of the Lambs, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and... It Happened One Night. It Happened One Night. Which and is so, adorable, by the way. It's not on my list, but it's adorable. It's adorable. But good job on you, Ken, for getting one of those. Well, you know, I just tried to, you know, put in a good one that wasn't too fanboyish, because the rest kind of are. Yeah. Oh, uh, Yes. Should I give a plot synopsis for Casablanca, or do people know? Oh, sure, go for it. Oh crap, I got to pull it up then. <laughs> so, can't talk. Give your plot synopsis. So, first. one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It's everyone knows it's Jack Nicholson. He plays Randall McMurphy. He's a criminal, but he's not insane. But he's sent to a mental institution for evaluation. He's kind of anti-authoritarian, so he doesn't do well with the rules, and that causes trouble for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Do you go on for Casablanca? I do. It's actually just set in Casablanca, Morocco, during the early days of World War II. An American. Ex- expatriate meets a former lover with unforeseen complications. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. I'll well, up the other one, so I'm not as One floor of the cuckoo's Ooh. nest. I watched what? this one a few, <laughs> I watched this one a few years back and it's actually one of the experiences I've had where I've read the book, sorry, I've read the book right before mm-hmm. and then watched the movie mm-hmm. and love both equally. Wow. That's rare. Like it is a very close. That's seriously rare. Adaptation. Yeah. That's, that's good. And, and, and you're okay with all the portrayals and uh, I mean, 
it's fine. It's a good movie, but hmm. there's some parts it's where just, I was like, they're kind of, they kind of chew the scenery in some scenes. Jack Nicholson in particular kind of goes over the top, and it almost makes what? me feel it's very fitting with the book character. Yeah, that, that's really fitting to the character, I would think. Yeah. I, I haven't read the book. And honestly, Nurse Ratched is actually worse in the book than she is in the movie. She... Louise Fletcher as Nurse Ratchet is that is a character great. that I I just yeah she got under my skin in a good way. Like, she yeah. was listed as uh, best top villains of all time. Yeah, she film is. villain actually yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. No, this is one of those stories where like, dude, get out of there, dude, get out of there. You can get out of there now. Oh man, just get out of there. It, it you feel powerless watching this movie. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel like him, where it's like you're like I could get out, but. Maybe I'll wait a little bit longer until just things go really, really poorly. I think it's a good choice. Yeah. I think I think it's a very good choice, Kent. Yeah. All right. Jake, number uh, okay. four. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I agree. No, I think it's a good choice. It's, it is a good choice. All right. Uh, so number three for me is All About Eve. Good choice. Great movie. I... I watched this movie. I, it's remarkable. Again, watched this in college the first time while taking a film class. You want to give a plot synopsis? Uh, basically... I don't have them pulled a- up like you yeah, guys. No. Aging like, actress feels like she's out of her prime. Uh, she gets like this uh, trainee, basically, well, a, a, a super fan that she picks up. And right. Then and this aspiring actress and tries super to take over her personality. Aspiring actress turns out to be quite devilish. This it's movie like a, it's is like a female kind of thing going on here. Yes. This movie is scary. It's it's kind of horrific in ways. Like it's, and so many good lines and quotes. The dialogue oh, is amazing. The dialogue is just... It's some of the best dialogue Hold on to your seats. Ever. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Bumpy yeah. Night. Hmm? Bumpy night. Bumpy night. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I actually, I watched this maybe after the first time I saw it, I probably watched it three or four more times that year because I kept going back to it. Like kept thinking about it. Like, oh, I want to see that again. Well, you remember how, you know how I do my, uh, my favorite movies I watched during the past year. Mm-hmm. This made my 2010 list, I think, or something like oh, that. Yeah. I was really impressed with all about even. Yeah, it, it made my top 10. It's, it's epic. Um, it, and creepy. If you want something creepy, go watch all about it. And comedic at the same time. It yeah. is comedic. Yeah. It hits all genres in an amazing way. It's a very, very well done uh, movie. Yeah. I love it. Good choice. Thank Joel, you. number three. My number three is from 1973. It's The French Connection. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will throw this laptop at you. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I, I'm loving how all of our choices were all like, oh, good one. Yeah, good one. Because I think we're all choosing these movies because they are really good. But my number three is from 1973. But it's Except actually, for American Beauty. It's, well, that's a, that was right. on the worst. I'm talking about the best list. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, it's The Sting. I have a special place in my heart for The Sting. I really? really I really enjoy this I think movie. it's a fun movie. Nothing really special. Did no, Ocean's Eleven win Best Picture 2? I don't know. Didn't or... I just get done saying we're all happy for each other? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Chicago in September 1936, a young con man seeking revenge for his murdered partner teams up with the master of the big con to win a fortune from a criminal banker. This is what a con movie should be, a con man movie should be. It's so much fun, and a lot of con movies and heist movies have stolen from this so that you now expect there to be kind of, oh, things didn't work the way they, right. they should have. Just kidding. It was exactly what we planned all along. But this movie, I, the music, I love The Entertainer. I love I – love, Paul Newman and Robert Redford are great together. That's great. true. Yeah. And I think this movie really deserved the best picture of that year. Yeah, I think you're right. Because the other ones, well, they weren't as, as good. Yeah, but. what was the competition? Uh, it's uh, – uh, well <laughs> – you guys are going to disagree with me, but <laughs> The Sting, American Graffiti, uh, Cries and Whispers, The Exorcist, and A Touch of Class. I'm okay. Right. I give it to The Sting. I'm sure you would. Exorcist lover. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think it's the best picture <laughs> winner. <laughs> no, he loves exorcisms, not oh, the right. movie okay. Exorcist. Okay. I generally yeah, like mistake. exorcisms. <laughs> yes. But uh, even when you know all the plots and, twi- the plots and twist- the plot twists and turns, this is still a fun movie to watch over and over again. The Sting. Uh, my number three it came out in 2000. Well, 
Award in 2006, The Departed. Oh, you're shipping up to Boston with this pick. I am a bit, and I'm not going to use the language that they use in this movie, because they use about 300 F-words to do it. Wow. Uh, once again, this is another Jack Nicholson movie, which is rare, because I'm not the biggest fan of Jack Nicholson. Well, it's he not just a the, lot of best pictures. Right. But it's not just the Jack Nicholson picture. No. It's the fact that they have Jack Nicholson, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon, like they have Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Damon. Matt Damon. Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, this yeah. is a heavy hitter cast. So, synopsis, an Irish mob boss plants a mole in the Massachusetts State Police, but the police have planted their own mole to infiltrate the mob. So, basically, it's DiCaprio versus Damon. Yeah. And this is a good movie. This is a great movie. And this but, is kind of like, I guess it's kind of the revenant for Scorsese, because he had never won an Oscar. Yeah. For all of his movies, for Goodfellas, for anything, for Casino, yeah. Mean Streets, and... He was nominated a bunch, but never won right. until The Departed. Until The Departed. And actually, a lot of people see this as a lesser Scorsese. Uh-huh. Kind of like, hey, pat on the back, you deserve one by now. Kind of like DiCaprio for The Revenant. <laughs> you know, you should have had one by now. For me, this is one of my favorites of his. Okay. I think this one is just... So you think this, do you think this should have won over... Uh, Babel, the Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and the Queen. Yes, for and sure. You, you think, Absolutely. You really do believe this should have won over Ice Age, The Meltdown, or Happy <laughs> okay. Feet. Or okay, Superman I do like Returns. Happy Feet. <laughs> well, maybe not Superman Returns. <laughs> Casino Royale actually came out that year. And yeah. Mission Impossible 3. Right. Yeah, this should have won. All right. It did win. It actually won Best Director, Best Picture, Adapted Screenplay, and Editing. I think it's a fantastic movie. It's so fast-paced. The ensemble cast, even Mark Wahlberg does a great job in this movie. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That's amazing. What? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that's about all he says in the movie. But it is phenomenal. Well, that end scene with him is just... Well, and yeah. this, this is the movie that kind of ruined my sister-in-law in movies I picked for her because a Damon. lot of people die in this movie. <laughs> and when it was over, she was like, why do you always pick movies where everyone dies? And I was like, I don't. But now... Well, it's, it's called right. The Departed. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Spoiler alert. This is the movie that changed my mind about Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Because from 1997 to 2006, I was like, yeah, he's a pretty face. That's exactly what happened to me, too. And I was this like, movie, oh, I have to take him actor. seriously Didn't you now. you hate his face? Isn't that what you said before in a previous podcast? Well, he's got a weird-looking face. It's kind of a rat face. <laughs> oh! He does. He no. definitely does. He's but no, I think he's a great like actor. A, a really soft rat, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's like a pet rat. No, no. when he has the scene when he's meeting with like the psychiatrist lady or the, and, and, he's like, and he does like the handshaking thing, he's like, right. you see that? My hand never shakes. I was like, way to go, DiCaprio. What, what works in this movie is Matt Damon plays a bad guy. And yes. you rarely even now see that. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the synopsis is essentially you have the FBI yeah. guy working for the mafia, right. mafia working for the FBI, and they're trying to get so each other. So good. Very intense. Yeah. Very well, and with Matt Damon, he's being like the charismatic Matt Damon. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a creepy movie. All yeah. right. Jacob, well your number three? Are we three? Yeah. Number three for me is Ben-Hur. Ah, Ben-Hur. I went classic on this one. Yeah, definitely classic. Yeah. So here's the thing. I... Yes. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like saying Return of the King because it's just so... It is the epic of all epics, basically. Yeah. I I can't... I can't... Like, I watched it several times as a kid growing up, and and it's so long, but it never really gets tired to me. The fact that he's a slave, he gets out of slavery, you know, uh, like... The story is so huge and complex. It is. And it's satisfying from start to finish. So do you think that this is... Well, first of all, do you feel that this was the consolation prize for Ten Commandments not winning? They just should have both won, honestly. I think so, too. And do you think that this should have won over North by Northwest? Oh, yeah, North by Northwest. I mean, although I love that movie, and as you guys know, not I'm, I'm a Hitchcock that was one of the highest grossing. Yeah, but no, like that's one of my favorite Hitchcocks for sure. But it's not better than Ben Hur. And Hitchcock wasn't really well liked by the Academy. 
No. Rebecca no. was his only movie. Yeah. yeah. The best picture winner. His right. only best picture winner. Yes. And that was really movies. early Hitchcock. Yeah. 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 Which it's a good movie. It is. It didn't make either one of our lists, but well, at least I don't know yet, but we'll see. It's my number one, Joel. It's yeah, not. me too. It is actually an honorary, honorable mention for me. An honorary. So beyond the uh, chariot scene, are there reasons for other people Honestly, to watch this movie? The chariot scene isn't as gripping to me. I'm like, oh, this is a really good scene. It gets, it's a little long for me. And, okay. and I get that it's real. You know, a guy actually died there doing that. and mm, Right? That's disputed, but okay. Okay. So, <laughs> ultra Fact researcher checkers. Joel. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I love... I love the movie start to finish. In fact, if anything, the chariot scene is the part where it slows down for That me. was when I was like, oh, this is what people are talking about. But you know what actually scene I really liked was the leper colony. That was, yes, that, yes. Really, that was a touching scene that it's I was like, really wow, touching. didn't expect that. Well, that's what's amazing. That's what's so epic about the did movie. Did you give a plot synopsis for this one? I did not because I don't have 25 minutes. And so it's a long Just movie, Just say something guys. like Charlton Heston. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Joel, can you do that? <laughs> Get off me, you dirty... Pharisees, <laughs> accepted. Yeah, and the tie-in with Christ, I think, is is it's not overhanded, which is kind of impressive. I think that, uh, that, because that's is. easy to do. Because that's the story is about another person living during the time of Jesus, but not directly interact with them for most of the time. Yeah, like it's a just, Roman. Is he Roman? Yeah, no. no I think he's. It's kind of no. like a Moses story. No, he's in a, a Jew. Way. He's yeah. a Jew. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, no, great choice. Thanks. Uh, number two. Here we go. We're getting to it. My number yeah. two. <laughs> my number two best fa- favorite best picture winner is Braveheart. Uh, huh. Interesting choice. Yeah. When, <laughs> here's, oh, this, is a, this, this is a terrible. This is a terrible plot synopsis. But this is from IMDb. When a secret bride is executed for assaulting an English soldier who, who tried to rape her, William Wallace begins a revolt <laughs> against King Edward the First of England. The last part is. You know, a good it's part all about of the William Wallace right. and, that, and the liberty of Scotland and stuff like that. Okay, is Braveheart historically accurate? No, not at all. <laughs> That's okay. Is it a compelling drama? Like, is it a compelling drama though? Yes, because the thing is, like, they didn't they didn't wear kilts back then. Uh, Longshanks and William Wallace. I don't even think we're living during the same time period. Like, there's so many historical inaccuracies to this movie, but it is so such a good movie and so well crafted. It's well directed, well acted. Beautiful soundtrack. I think everyone yeah, in the, the 90s soundtrack. owned this soundtrack yes. and got to love Scotland because of it. But I feel that this is telling an interesting tale in an entertaining way, which is exactly what I want it to be. And I think this is one of the best Best Picture winners out there. Nice. Okay. My number two? Is, number two. Yeah. Okay. Yes. My number two is Gladiator. Yeah. It's just a little jazzy when you sing it. It is because I'm, I'm pepping it up because I don't want to do the long ethereal noises because this is supposed to be a shorter podcast. <laughs> Can't we <laughs> drop these in later? <laughs> there you go. Which actually is. Hey, mana, 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 no. <laughs> it's exactly right. Hey. <laughs> but it's uh, it's gibberish, actually. She actually did make up a, a oh, really? Lisa Gerard, I think it is, or something like that. She uh, she made up gibberish lyrics, basically. That's fun. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, Maximus is a general in the Roman army. He's favored by Marcus Aurelius, who's a Caesar at the time. The son of Caesar then gets a little jealous and basically destroys Maximus's life. And Maximus finds himself in the pits of the gladiators. This was the movie that actually introduced me to Joaquin Phoenix. And okay. I have not trusted yeah. him since. No, he is 
so incredibly good in this movie. It's almost like a, a, he peaked too early. Yeah, he with did. With his role as Commodus. Mm-hmm. Because he is, I mean, honestly, he's the best actor in the movie. Like you just want to get away from him when you see yes. him in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's skeezy. And this was a great era for Russell Crowe because the year before he was nominated for The Insider. He had this. The next year is A Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind, yeah. It was just a really great time for him. And obviously he and Ridley Scott, they generally work well together. I agree that Ridley Scott is inconsistent. He is. But man, when he hits it. In this, I truly think he hits it. In so Gladiator. You, you, you really think this should have won over Chocolat? Well, yes, and it did. And Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, indeed. Chocolat, 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 chocolat. Hey, manama, chocolaka, chocolat. But this, yeah, I was going to say, Castaway came out this year, which is another one I really would have enjoyed seeing to right. enjoyed win to win. And but I think Gladiator's a good choice. If I can give a little bit of insight to uh, the life of Kent, this is the last movie I saw before I went on an LDS mission for two years. Oh. Uh, it's radar. And uh, <laughs> your, your mission was rated R. Is <laughs> <laughs> in Australia. Ah, and so I was able to think about this movie for about two years. Hmm. Like this one made that impression on me and I got the soundtrack and, yeah. I, and it is it's lasting for me and I still think it's great. Wow. Yeah. There you go. I am entertained. <laughs> Good job. I am entertained too. Yes. Yeah. Your number two? My number two? One flew over the cuckoo's yes! nest. Yes. <laughs> was that the first Jacob Kent high five? I've never done it. I, I, was I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I'm excited. All right. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. This movie is great. This is a great movie. Uh, I. Did we give a plot synopsis last time? Yes. Yeah, he okay. did. He did. So, yeah. Back to that. He's in the psychiatric facility. It's Jack Nicholson. He is young. You've got a Danny DeVito who's I, like 20. I actually put in my review that this was before Jack Nicholson got cocky because <laughs> he does seem young and naive. And yes. it's totally believable. It is. It's very b- believable. And, like, I related to his character so much. I was like, he has to get a little crazy just to survive in a crazy place. I, and I understand that. And he has good ambitions. This explains and, a lot about Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's me at work. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot to add. I love this movie. I, I, I might have cried at the end. Yeah, in fact, I'm pretty sure I did. Wow, and it's uh, a touching ending. It is, it is, and so it's the ending is every they, they put everything into it, even the kitchen sink. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, so that's, that's my well done. <laughs> yeah, well done. All right. Uh, my number one is not going to be a surprise to anyone who knows Ooh, me. Ooh, number one. Can, oh, okay. Yeah. Can, I, can I give it? You can guess. Million dollar baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. There is a million in the title. Million, million, million yeah, something about a million. It's Slumdog Millionaire. I knew I, it. I, I would have been really sad had you not included and I, this. And I didn't really know anything about this movie until it got kind of buzzed, and I went, well, what's this about? Completely not what I was expecting. Here's the plot synopsis. A Mumbai team... It reflects on his upbringing in the slums when he is accused of cheating on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Directed by Danny Boyle, who I really appreciate as a director. This movie is everything I wanted it from a movie. It is, it's part drama. It's part romance. There's some comedic appeal. It can appeal to both men and women. It's heartbreaking, and yet it is absolutely uplifting. You get to the end, and you love life. It exposed me to a world that I had not really understood or been a part of before and after watching it i had a much firmer kind of understanding of you know what goes on there even though it is fantasy and it's fiction and i know that but i was rooting for everyone and the, the movie's just beautiful like it's a beautiful movie to watch both in the story and in cinematography and freda pinto and freda pinto <laughs> just absolutely beautiful i highly recommend this movie as I, I think everyone should watch this movie at least once in their lifetime and it's also one of those movies that i think the the motion picture association got really wrong on the rating 
because it's, it's rated R for child peril and mm-hmm. some minor language. Kids are in danger, and that's what really kind of is the heart of the story. Um, so even with my clear play, it was very minimally edited at all. You don't know though, because when you translate Jai Ho, it is actually means some <laughs> terrible stuff. <laughs> oh, I love, I love that song so much. Jai Ho. I listened to that song so much. You did? I, I still do. And my kids love it too. Cause I listened to it fairly Can regularly. you do the Bollywood dances? Oh yes. I, I danced to the end of oh, that Oh, I want to see that. Cause after the really credits. Really bad. Oh, yeah, the credits. <laughs> no, the thing is it's, it's a straightforward movie, but then after the credits, they wanted to pay homage to Bollywood. And so in the credits, they have this big dance number and it's, it's so much fun to watch. I love this movie. There, I'm done glowing. It's a good one. You, I mean, actually, it's a great movie. Right. It just, I, I'm always bitter against Slumdog Millionaire because it was it's 2008 Knight. and it's the Dark Knight's year. And, and there was another movie out that year, wasn't that? Was really good. Yes. Oh, I'm not look. Do you want me to wait? No, it's fine. My number one is American Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Chicago. You liar! You already put Chicago in your other one. Oh yeah, dang it! Oh, yeah. it was. I was thinking. I'm, I was thinking of Hancock. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. What? Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man was oh. the other one that year that I really no, liked. no, but Dark Knight, Dark Knight is best picture material. Iron Man's pop, Iron Man is popcorn movie. Right. The my my favorite best picture winner is Braveheart. Nice Braveheart and Gladiator, huh? Yeah. For some reason, these these restore uh, restoration of epics really just call to me. And this one was the return of the epic as we know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it just ever since like the Ben Hur era. Mm-hmm. And people got so tired of them because of Ben-Hur and Spartacus in that age yeah. that they went away for at least 40 years. Mel Gibson brought them back in a big, big way. Yeah. Battles became awesome. There were hundreds, if not thousands, of extras, and it just became larger than life. This, this movie, if I may say, uh, when we do quick wits, a lot of times we'll say, name a dramatic movie. And yes. people will throw out, inevitably, Braveheart will be one of the first ones really? they throw out. It's like Braveheart and Titanic are the two they throw out as... The most iconic dramatic movies. So it's purposely not based uh, on history. No, yeah. It's, it's actually based on a biographical, oh, actually it's called a romantic biographical poem called, and it's spelled a little funky because it's old Scottish, but in English it's the acts and deeds, so acts and deeds of the illustre and valiant champion Sir William Wallace. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's now a mouthful. Now say with a Scottish accent. <laughs> You do that. You're better. <laughs> the acts and deeds of William Wallace doing stuff with things. <laughs> Pretty ter- much. That was terrible Scottish. But this poem was so monumental in Scotland. It was the number two book for hundreds of years after the Bible. Like, it, this poem was that important. Wow. I wonder how Scotland feels about uh, Braveheart, like the movie. Well, I'm sure if this book, w- this poem was a treasure to them, I'm sure the movie... Yeah, it would make sense. Or if they're just like, that. that's not what it's like at all. We didn't wear kilts back then. What are they doing? <laughs> I'm going to toss a caber at the movie screen. <laughs> the rest of the show, you're speaking in that accent. All right. Uh, this one's a heartbreaker. It's a beautiful movie. It's a moving movie. I felt betrayed when certain people get betrayed in this movie. Like, I felt every emotion here. And, and yeah. Beautiful movie. Wonderful choice. Right. So much love in this room right now. Jacob, don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to ruin it. It's on you. Don't say Cimarron. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Cimarron. <laughs> yeah. I already said it's American Beauty. No, uh, okay, so Joel was Slumdog Millionaire. Kent is Braveheart. Right. And mine is one that has not been discussed, and you guys probably know what it is if you think about it. Rebecca. Oh, I know. Can I, can I say? You can say it. A Man for All Seasons. That's right. Ah! <laughs> uh, fine. Good choice, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that reaction? Oh, that... Joel's only okay with it. Although... Yeah. Explain Man for All Seasons. A Man for All Seasons. I, no, I was actually bugged at myself for not remembering that because right. of how much Jacob loved it and how mad he was at me when I said, yeah, it was okay. Same. 
How it's dare you? <laughs> that is what I did. Yeah, yeah. Although you did say, I wish you told me all these facts before I watched it, right? I did say that. Yeah, because there's, it's a very cool story. Can you give us the synopsis? Okay, this is uh, Best Picture from 1966. Um, here's, here's the synopsis, the official one. When highly respected uh, British statesman Sir Thomas More uh, refuses to pressure the Pope into annulling the marriage of King Henry VIII from his Spanish-born wife, More's clash with the monarch increases uh, increase in intensity. A devout Catholic, More stands by his religious principles and moves to leave the royal court. Unfortunately, the king and the lawyers aren't appeased by this and press forward to grave charges of treason, further testing Moore's resolve. Why did we let Jacob go last? I know it was kind of a long synopsis, wasn't it? It's okay, good. so here's the thing. True story, right? This is, this is first why it's amazing. True story. Next, this is a low-budget movie. It was a stage play first written by Robert Bolt. And this, is, this stage play and the later screenplay are one of the best things I've ever read. Like, the, the lines in it are so memorable to me. Um, it won six Academy Awards. And you guys, I mean, you both watched it. Yeah. It's not big production value. No, well, no, I mean it, it's a period piece. It's set back in in England in the fifteen, sixteen, yeah, fifteen. <laughs> King Henry the Eighth. Yeah, King Henry the Eighth era. Yeah. Which I, I'll tell you what, I did really enjoy uh, seeing uh, Hampton Court. I actually went there when I was in London. Oh yeah, and when I was in England, and just seeing that kind of thing and, and learning about Henry the Eighth and then seeing this movie, it was a very fun tie into yeah. that. So this is a guy, Thomas More, who is entirely. Uh, gallless, like, or guileless. Guileless is what I mean there. Uh, not gallless. <laughs> he has no gallbladder. <laughs> yeah, he probably had it removed. Uh, anyway, so he's a totally guileless guy, and he's humble, and he rises to power literally from his goodness. I don't know how true it is to the original Thomas More, hopefully very true, but I mean, in the story, in the adaptation, he, he rises to power for entirely good reasons, and you don't see that very much, it, It's black and white with him. There's little gray. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, he says these classic lines like, anyway, they want him to sign a thing saying it's okay for Henry VIII to get his marriage annulled, and he just won't do it because and he doesn't speak against the king, but he won't do it. And finally, everyone says his silence is screaming, and uh, they finally put him up for charges of treason and behead him at the end. And he never Spoiler changes alert. Yeah. His, uh, his principles. Well, it's kind of history. So. Right. And so he has everyone in his whole life, his, his daughter who he's close to, and his wife are begging him to just sign this thing saying it's okay. And, and for very good reasons that are put forth in the movie, he does not do it. And... Uh, does anyway, not go well for him. It does not. So you think this does, does, did deserve to win, even though that was the same year as The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. It's good movie. And let, me, let me give you one quote from the movie. I have several, and I've shared it with these guys before. Why do we let Jacob go last? <laughs> uh, but uh, like one is like he's talking to his wife. like He's in jail right before execution, right? And she's like, just sign it, just sign it. And he's like, he's like when a man takes an oath, he holds his hand. Uh, he holds his soul in his hands like water. And if he should lose it, he wouldn't. He shouldn't hope to find himself again. Nah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And it, it, the, that wasn't movie, my favorite one, though. My favorite quote was the one where he talks about if you clear all the trees to make a path for the devil. You're making up. Oh, I thought you're making up something right there. No no no, 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 no. That's actually a really good one. It's that early was, on in the movie. That when, was one I really liked. Uh, yeah, he's talking to his future son-in-law, and the son-in-law is saying, "Yeah, I would break every law in Britain to get at the devil." And he turns on him. He's like, "Yeah." And then once the devil turns on you, when every law is flat, where do you hide? Yeah, you'll have nowhere to hide. It was a good. It was a good kind of a. Oh, good point. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Not a great movie, but a good point. Um, it's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Go watch it. You should watch it once in your life, just well, like Joel said about... I, I will say that any of the movies we recommended for best, I think, are worth watching. Uh, do you want to do honorable mentions real quick? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have a long list of honorable mentions. I'm just going to run through them real quick. 
Forrest Gump, Silence of the Lambs, Rain Man, Rocky, The Godfather, The Godfather 2, The Sound of Music, Gone with the Wind, It Happened One Night, Bridge on the River, Quiet, My Fair Lady, All About Eve, Dances with Wolves, Holy Unforgiven, Holy a, beautiful mind, a Beautiful Mind in Argo. That is a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah. Mine are The Godfather, All About Eve, It Happened One Night, Rebecca, The Best Years of Our Lives, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Unforgiven, Rocky, and Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just for you. Uh, mine are It Happened One Night. We all had that one. Mutiny on the ba- on the Bounty. That was a good one, too. And you guys totally missed that one for oh, Honorable Mentions. That missions. was a good one. I re- well, Didn't I mean, we all like that one? I didn't love it. The, the film was okay. It was the villain I really liked in that one. The villain one. was great. He was yes. great. I loved, I loved the moral dilemma that just yeah. lasted forever. And then like it happens, and you're like, oh... That didn't turn out so good that, for him. And that's what it is. is Mutiny on the Bounty is a very mm-hmm. good, be careful what you wish for kind of a movie. Yeah. Uh, other honorable mentions are The Departed. Shout out to Kent. Uh, Rebecca, which was the old Hitchcock from 1940. Kent said that one too. And uh, and Marty. Which, Marty was adorable. Yes. Marty, the character, was adorable. That that movie, like, I get excited watching that movie. Like, come on, Marty. Come on, Marty. <laughs> Joel Joel face. Face. You do you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Marty, quick synopsis, actually, is a really pathetic guy. Ernest Borgnine. Who uh, tries to find love, and he's really terrible at it. And he basically has to choose between being a boy or... Yeah, his life is run by his mother. Yeah, and or being a man, and by sacrificing boyish things to be with a woman, which is what he more wants. How come he got to give a synopsis of his honorable mentions? Yeah, because nobody mentioned Marty, and That's true. and most people don't know Marty, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So very good from the fifties. Well, there we go. We hope you enjoyed that. It was a long show. It feels like a lot sure. of things, but we talked about the worst. We talked about the best. We hope uh, if you have opinions on what we said, or if you have your own favorites that we miss, or, or least favorites that we missed out on, please let us know at baconcell.com. You can also let us know on our Facebook page go go like our facebook page we love to interact with you there also follow us on twitter occasionally we post quotes right jacob that's right <laughs> maybe today um and uh, also on bacon we love hearing your feedback we love hearing from you and thank you for listening also remember to send in a bracket of your hopefully a perfect bracket to jake so you can uh, get lunch from him that's true we have had a listener the submit that already on, okay. our, on our facebook page that's a perfectly good submission and, and yep Jacob's. submit there and yeah you get it perfectly right i will buy lunch there we go uh you can find me on twitter at 786 joel or you can find me at quickwits uh, com for details they perform every saturday night 10 o'clock at the midville performing arts center you can find me at twitter and instagram at kenny 3dd and my movie review website is showtime showdown Dot com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers. And if you'd like to find a young adult book, you can find mine on Amazon. It's called Standalone. And you may take our lives, but you'll never take our bacon sale! There you go. Widely a favorite by women, and that's just like that's that's racist. You can't go after the old ones, it's like picking on a handicapped guy. beautiful thing in the world. It's a floating garbage bag. <laughs> oh, <it's unknown. laughs>
There you go. Weary of the conventions of Parisian society, a rich playboy and a youthful courtesan in training enjoy a platonic friendship, but it may not stay platonic for long. Well, if that doesn't scream awesome movie, I don't know what does. Get off me, you dirty Pharisees! Hi, Frank Sinatra is a Native American. Hey! And I hate that character. I hate that old Yancey so much. Yancey. His face is just hard to look at. (laughs) Right? I'm sure you would. Exorcist lover. Your mission was rated R? (laughs) and deeds of William Wallace doing stuff with thing. So much love in this room right now. Jacob, don't ruin it. Good. It's true. Nothing's I, good enough for you, Kent. I, I, I'm really trying for you. <laughs> oh, I could just die. Stab <laughs> myself in the eye. So, Jacob, why are you wrong? She had ribbons in her hair!